Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. WTIC's Computer Talk with Tab is brought to you by GoNetSpeed, your choice for crazy fast fiber internet. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And Dennis is Dennis Halnon. He's one of the engineers on our help desk that's going to come in and help me help you with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. So we're very happy Dennis is here. And uh, feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC are the numbers. Usually easier to get online in the first hour than in the second hour um, because you all seem to wake up around 10 o'clock. I don't know. Maybe it's a 1080 thing. I don't know. Uh, but feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC, and we'll do our best to help you out. Speaking of helping you out, uh, QuickBooks is trying to help people out, huh, Dennis? Isn't it interesting how helpful they are? Yeah. What they are doing is, uh, according to Brian Krebs, mm-hmm. um, they are going to use their own QuickBooks online payroll and Intuit online payroll mm-hmm. to forward information on the employees at 1.4 million small businesses right. to Equifax. Unbelievable. So all your data are belong to us when it comes to QuickBooks. You've signed up your small business to use their cloudy QuickBooks service, and you've got your payroll data in there, your company data in there. So if you're wondering if the cloud folks have access to your data, uh, this is a great example of, yeah, they do. Yeah, it's right there for them to take and shovel it to whoever they want. Whereas when a client at our lo- that we support loads their QuickBooks data on their local server, we don't even have access to it. No. But somehow when QuickBooks pops it in the cloud, they have access to your data. So again, if you're wondering who has access to your data in the cloud, besides you, everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what's going on here with uh, QuickBooks? They're going to actually share it with Equifax. Yes. And according to Brian Krebs, and I'm going to read the little piece here, Intuit says the change is tied to an exciting, in quotes, and free, in quotes, new service that will let millions of small business employees get easy access to employment and income verification services when they wish to apply for a loan or a line of credit. Amazing. So I've never had any trouble applying for credit without this, have you? No. And <laughs> employment verification? Right. How hard is that? They don't even most of these credit lending agencies have been getting in trouble for not even verifying you make what you make. 
right? They're like, oh, we'll give you uh, 50 grand, whatever. What's your name? Oh, Joey? Oh, whatever. Joey sounds like he's uh, somebody I can trust. Oh. I'll give you a $50,000 line. Go ahead. And speaking of who gets in trouble, right? this is Equifax. Oh, notorious. The architect of, the, at the time, the single biggest data breach right. in the universe Correct. in 2017. It is disgusting. So... This is, again, how the cloud works, right? And most likely when you signed, signed up for this uh, QuickBooks cloud service, you, in the EULA, agreed to give all data to them. They can then share their data with anybody who they want. They're going to act like it's a service that you want, which you don't. And uh, they're doing you a favor. Right. And they're actually, you as a business may have an agreement with Intuit. Right. But the data being shared with Equifax is not the business's data. Right. It's the employee's data. Right. They are literally reaching inside that relationship that you have with your employees right. and taking that data out. Whether they want that out there or not. Each employee's, you know, maybe they don't want their payroll data shared out there. So this is how the cloud works. Just keep it in mind, folks. Every time you stick it in the cloud, you're giving it to somebody else to play with, and you're hoping they secure it. And uh, in this case, we've already found with Equifax, they've done a very poor job. So if you want to opt out, what do they do? QuickBooks gave you what? Until the end of the you month? You have until the end of July. And the article at the end of the article shows um, how to do it. Krebs has the uh, steps to do it. So we'll it post was, this you're for covered you. with that. Yeah, we'll post this article over at computertalkwithtab.com. But again, it's a great example of how the cloud works. Um, when you put your stuff somewhere else, it's not in your control anymore. And. Uh, I know you should be you should be wary of that. In other news, uh, my favorite uh, uh, tech blog across the pond, the Register, has a little warning here. Apple warns its kit may interfere with your implanted medical devices at close proximity. If you've got a pacemaker, it's probably not a good idea to hug your Apple kit. Now they call them kits; we call them rigs um, in, in the geek world. It's basically any kind of uh, device. In this case, uh, they did some testing with uh, iPhone 12s. And uh, there's a whole list here. Uh, Henry Ford Vascu uh, Heart and Vascular Institute in Michigan published the result of a study which showed the iPhone 12 preventing a Medtronic implanted cardio cardioverter defibrillator from working when it's placed in close proximity. So keep your iPhone away from grandpa if they've got a defibrillator. Um, or if you are grandpa with a, uh, with a defibrillator, keep your iPhone away from your heart. Don't be hugging your iPhone. Um, these devices are getting more and more powerful. Their radios get out there and fear with the technology that's being implanted. So you have to keep that in mind as you want more and more power, 5G, you want more uh, you know, browsing and all the technology you want with your device. It has a very serious uh, antenna in it that could, it could impact you. So we'll put this link up here. And, of course, there is an updated list that may interfere with potentially life-saving healthcare equipment. Um, and they have a whole list of, of devices, including um, what else was listed on here that I saw? Uh, HomePods, uh, AirPods, MacBook Pros, Mac Minis. Um, now, this is, I'm only picking on Apple because this is the, uh, the article, but I'm sure other devices that are not Apple have the same thing. So keep it in mind if you have an implanted device. Don't have it necessarily up near your, your heart you know, or wherever you put your implanted device because it could in interfere with it. Um, so something to be, be aware of. That's actually kind of frightening. A little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, we talked also about the lack of security on these systems. I mean, you know, if you you want to update the firmware on your defibrillator, I mean, I'm not sure if it's a defibrillator, defibrillator or not, but there are there are technologies where they don't even secure that. So that communication can be possibly impacted if somebody wanted to. You know, probably James Bond movies already got the 
got that in the works where somebody's going to hack, you know, Dick Cheney's 15 defibrillators and turn them off. Um, who or, knows? Or overload the heart. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, turn it, yeah, make it beat faster, make it beat slower, right? So, um, so keep an eye, keep an eye out for that. Did you have anything else you want to bring up? I do. Um, most people have heard about the Microsoft Print Nightmare Ugh. vulnerability. Print Nightmare. Print Nightmare, which has been a nightmare for us. Yes. Uh, and for our customers. Yeah. Um, what made it worse of a nightmare <laughs> well, is... Do we, before we say it, do you, are you going to tell people what it is first, or are you going to tell them about why it's worse? Because we should let people know what happens with it. All right. The... the Print spool service in right. your Windows computer. And servers. And on servers in all Windows. Mm-hmm. It's built in. It's there, running all the time. Allows you to print. <laughs> and it allows you to print. Without it, you do not print. In this paperless society, but go ahead. It can be commandeered. Yeah. There's an exploit that you can use to elevate privileges and run malicious code right. on a computer. Um Microsoft was very late to the game issuing a fix for this, mm-hmm. but the fix is problematic. Of course. On two counts. First of all, it doesn't completely fix the problem. Right. It is still possible to elevate code and run it, even if you have the fix installed mm-hmm. in Windows. You can bypass it, yeah. Second thing is, it's causing problems with some kinds of printers. Of course. They are actually some of the same printers that were affected by their other bad update in March. Oh, great. Yeah. The Dymo and Zebra printers. Yep. The ones that print all sorts of labels and all sorts of point of sale stuff. Right. Yep. This time, though, the patch doesn't cause your computer to crash. Right. Like the last one. It just causes the print jobs to go nowhere. And the entire print queue gets locked up on your computer. Amazing. And then you can't print even to devices that should work. Amazing. Yeah, Microsoft. And the year 2021. Microsoft's solution so far is to roll back the update and remove it from computers that have it. All of them. Yes. Well, <laughs> and they are not issuing a new update to not fix yet. it. Well, hopefully it's coming. Well, this coming Tuesday is Patch Tuesday. Hey, hey. Yeah. And it looks to me as if they're probably going to roll out the fix then. Let's hope. Instead of issuing these ad hoc fixes. Now, again, you actually have to be inside the system to take advantage of this. You can't take advantage of this exploit without being inside the network first. So yes. the bad guys, if they want to take advantage of this, have to actually have ac- compromised your system first. Yes, um, you have to You have to actually either physically be inside or you have to control a computer on the network with it, yeah. already. Inside. Then you can use this exploit so it's not as serious as it seems right it's not as serious as the uh, you know the Kaseya one that came out recently um where they could get you from the actual tool so again microsoft showing you know it's a trillion dollar company and i don't know who they've got fixing these things but it's clearly the b team and uh we're sitting here as uh, it people you know trying to trying to help our clients, and we're helping them try to defend themselves from Microsoft. Right. And it's one of the things that creates problems for us is uh, when the security guys that find the problems and tell people what to do about it, right. they're telling people to turn off the printing service. Turn off printing, right. You don't need and to print. there are people that are probably saying to themselves, ah, that must be easy. I can go do that. No. And you can. Mm-hmm. 
but then you can't print. Right. No print for you. And I don't know of any businesses out there that can afford to not print anything. Right. And a lot of times print print services are going to be on your domain control. You're not going to have a separate server spun up for print functions. Uh, a lot of times, too, SQL servers and other servers have print functions built in that don't even need them. They shouldn't even be there. And they're turned on by default thanks to Microsoft and how they just load out the bloatware of, of their systems. They turn everything on by default. Right. Um, so, you know, you can clean up a little bit in there. But this is also down to the workstation level where they want you to turn off print abilities on everything to solve this issue. So the thing that drives me nuts about this with Microsoft is, I mean, week after week, I mean, how many years have we been on the, sh- on the air? I-, I don't see it on big television news. I mean, you got a battery issue on an airplane, and it's huge news, mm-hmm. right? Yes. This is Microsoft Weekly with issues with their software. It's a trillion-dollar company, and it's like, oh, um, we're used to how poorly the software works we're not it's not even newsworthy it's crazy um even in the caseya thing caseya the caseya issue that happened um there was already they already had information back in april caseya had about this issue they were given this information by a an, a european company a european group of white hack white hat hackers that have already penetrated the caseya system using this exploit and they told them how to do it and what they did to do it and still caseya hadn't patched it so again, these companies and because is a big company need to be paying for more of this stuff uh, as far as people penetrating and testing these systems. You'd think they would. A trillion dollar company like Microsoft who's figured out how to rent word to you, you'd think they would at least pay somebody to test these systems a little better because clearly they're not doing it. Well, they used to have an extensive uh, quality control operation, and it's just trailed off over the last six or seven what? years. Yeah, I was gonna say, when was this? <laughs> was it yeah. after? Was it after uh, Windows Millennium Edition? Is that when they, they brought up that? <laughs> I, I, personally, I think that's one of the reasons why people are so nostalgic for Windows Seven. Right. Because when Windows Seven was the current operating system, I think they had a better quality control operation. Yeah, and even XP. <laughs> uh, that too. That worked. So uh, we're going to step up for a quick break. we got three lines open for you guys. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC are the numbers, 522-WTIC. We'll be right back. Every OS waits your time from the desktop to the lap. Everything since Apple DOS, just a bunch of crap. From Microsoft to Macintosh to Linline, Linline Knox. Every computer crashes because every OS sucks. Ah, uh, yes. It's still true. The strains. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how long, that is a very old song. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we, I think we played that song at least 25 years ago. And that's Three Dead Trolls in a Baggie. We've actually had them on the show uh, to talk about their song. Uh, we wish they were still around doing more parody bits about computers. You'd think there'd be plenty of, uh, plenty of material. Um, but every OS still sucks. And, uh, they're ahead of their time with their with their song. Let's get to your calls, though. Feel free to get online, guys. Uh, 1-800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. We'll do our best to help you with your computer problems, questions, and concerns. Let's go to Southington and Patrick first. You there, Patrick? Yes, I am. How are you doing, Eric? Good, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing extremely well. Good. So, uh, um, I have uh, Go Nuts feed. Yeah. Oh, you're lucky. Nice. Yay, raw. Mm-hmm. Um I've got uh, their 500 up and down plan, which I know is like overkill for me, but I figured I just future proof myself and lock into so lock into that price. Okay. Um, but I have uh, an Asus 
AX3000 dual band um, router that I got. Um, and I was just wondering, so I have the 500 and up and down, but I'm typically getting like 350 to the devices. I have like a couple fire sticks that I do uh, the streaming through and everything. Right. And um, one of them's like literally like three feet away from the the uh, the the router, and I still only get maybe about 400. I was wondering if there's like a certain you know limitation limitation yeah. on it because the um, the router itself is rated for like. 2000 something megabits per second. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh it's not go net speed's issue. It is your router's issue and your device's issue. And right. which, you know, where how you're connecting, right? So if you're connecting over 5G, you'll get 5G a higher is, yeah. You'll get a higher speed performance than 2G. And right. for, forgive me, I have to go back and and uh, look it up, but uh we can both look it up. The 2G speed, what's do you know the bandwidth on 2G off the top of your head? Dennis? Typically it it would be 300 to 500 yeah. on on a good router because that bandwidth yeah, can only provide I'm, just so much data. Right. I'm not getting close to that. If I on 2G, if I get like 100, I'm good. Right. So the device that you're using itself may need to update its radio on its end, right? So if you're using a older Roku or some older streaming device, well, they're, so they're all um, the 4K Fire Sticks now. Uh huh. And I have a um, 2020 MacBook Pro 13. Yeah. And a uh, iPad Pro, and they all still get about the same speed. Like the the 2G is. Um, Maybe about a hundred, and then the five G is about four, uh, three three hundred to four hundred. Okay, all right, but again, it's proximity. It's going through walls. It's it is all uh, having to do with that's sitting in the same room. Like hmm. when I was when I was setting it up and testing it, I was like five feet from the router and okay, um, looking more and more like your router is not delivering what it's promising. Uh, another problem is that if, ironically, if you are too close. Oh, you've seen some that? device, yes, some devices don't work correctly, and they lose packets over the air, yeah. which is going to decrease your speed. But back to the original comment you made when you mm -hmm. said, "Hey, I know it's 500 megabits is more than I need. I'm future proofing." So again, as long as you're getting the speed that you need to do what you want to do, right? So you don't need more right. than 100 megabits to stream most most things, even 4K. Right. Um, as long as the device is able to process it is also part of the issue. So, you know, I wouldn't go too crazy trying to maximize it because getting that speed, again, who cares? Um, the, the other, really no, no, no. The, I was just wondering because it just seems like it's. I wasn't. I I thought I was going to get five hundred and five hundred, and I'm like, well, it's not. And, yes, um, but you are I getting a, it. I had TP Link, yeah. a TP Link router, and I couldn't. You know, nothing was working with that. That that just it. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was going to be a great router. I read all the reviews on it, and it sucked. I mean, I was getting like twenty five out of my uh, uh, two. Yeah. So the key really comes back to your device, right? So can your router deliver what it's promising? You know, does it offer the MIMO? Does it offer the ability to have a direct connection to each device versus a shared, you know, Wi-Fi signal? That is also part of this equation. Um, so it, slice, it slices access and shares access. That'll actually reduce your bandwidth as well. Um, so it come, there's a lot of factors here. I don't know that I drive yourself too nutty, 
Um, as long no, as you, I'm, I, I'm not. I just was, you know what? I, I was uh, driving home and uh, yeah. No, it's a great question because I, I, it's a great question. Everybody gets these gets these crazy speeds, and then you're like, well, it's, you know, if I got a gig, would I be getting nope. you know. No, 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 no. That's what the so. If the broadband companies had your call, what would they tell you? Upgrade your oh, broadband. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. That's what they would tell you. But it has nothing to do with that. It has absolutely to do with your not. All right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. You're um, welcome, Patrick. You have time for a second question? If you hold to the news. No, no. I'll let you go. Take All right. Else. Thank you, man. You're welcome. We'll be right back. Bye. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Dennis. And we are going to be here until around 11 o'clock when Dr. Leslie will be in. I did want to uh, quickly re- go back to the first caller that came in this morning talking about his. Uh, he's got a very high-speed connection, 500-500, and he's not getting as much speed to his devices as he would like. And, um, of course, he, then you start to wonder, do I have enough bandwidth? Yes. <laughs> you have enough bandwidth. It is not the, the broadband company's issue. It is your device's issue. And so it's either your router or your devices that are connecting to that router and their individual limitations, problems, proximity, firmware versions that are slowing you down. Now, if you're not having any problems, don't bother fixing it, right? And even in this initial statement, goes, yeah, I know, Eric, I bought too much. So just having 500, again, you don't need that much broadband, mm-hmm. Um it's not going to make your life any faster. You know, you can do just fine on 150. That's what I'm running on. And I would run it on less. I was running on 83 before Cox said the minimum now is 150. <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, I don't need 150 to do what I do. And that's with all sorts of college kids coming back from college, banging on this thing all at the same time, streaming, leaving, leaving streams running, of course. I'm trying to jiggle the handle on the data. They're leaving them running. And uh, no issues, no no buffering, no problems. It's... You don't need as long as your router is a good quality router that can hand the signal off to these devices in a smooth way. If you're time slicing it though, the old fashioned way the old routers worked, you'd connect and you would not necessarily get all the bandwidth you wanted. Right. So all right, let's get to your calls. You're nice enough to join us on this Saturday morning. We're gonna go to Walt in Enfield with a story. What's happened, Walt? Oh good morning, gentlemen. Morning. I recently called you about an experience I had with HP where I was on the phone for nine hours over a two-day period. Oh, I remember that call. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I want to let you know is uh, um, recently I I had Internet service, but my laptop, I couldn't get Internet service. So I called my provider, Frontier, Mm -hmm. and we were on the phone for at least a half hour. Hmm. And he finally said to me, he said, look, it is something wrong with your computer. You'll have to call the computer company. And uh, You didn't want to my, do that again. You've already yeah, been down that my, road. Oh, yeah. My seventh grade granddaughter happened to be uh, in the house. I called her over, and in less than five minutes, she had me up and running. There you go. And, Hooray uh, for the God youth of America. Her. How old are how old's a seventh grader? Just try I used to use do you have a fifteen year old in the house? I don't think seventh graders are fifteen year olds. How how old's a seventh grader? <laughs> I should know this. I've got three of them that have been through it, but I can't remember. Uh well I, I I'm not short, but my memory is um let's see. Um 
<laughs> I think it'd be a trick question for you too, Walt. Sorry. <laughs> I think she's like 12 years there old. There you go. So now my new line will be, is there a 12-year-old in the house to help you out? <laughs> awesome. I told her she should get a job with the uh, my provider. Oh, yeah. Well, she wants to earn a – she probably can do better. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely she could. Yeah, so good for her. Thanks for the story, Walt. Okay, you're welcome. All Have right. a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Yep. You, you got to love it when you've got a 12-year-old that knows what she's doing with computers. And she's just willing to step right in and help Grandpa. Yeah. Here you go, Grandpa. I'm going to reboot this for you. <laughs> Let's go to Justin in Wally, Wallingford next. What's happening, Justin? You there, Justin? Yep, I'm here. What's up? Uh, you know, the uh, I had a little story about Windows XP back in the day. Yeah. And uh, if you might, you might remember that it had its own little uh, bastard child called uh, Media Edition. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. Which, which oh yeah. Sort of like the Windows ME of uh, XP. <laughs> and what I, I was actually deploying, uh, well, I, I was deploying Windows XP Professional on all the students at Quinnipiac University who were bringing their own laptops on campus. Oh, fun. That weren't being issued student uh, things. Right. And uh, some of the, and it turned out you could not do a sort of a volume license upgrade from uh Media, you had to do a fresh, you had to do a clean install. So I ended up having to back up all their drivers wow. and personal documents and uh, basically formatting their hard drive. On every single one of those students' machines? Well, that had Media Edition. The one, yeah, just, it was just Media Edition that did this. It was this. just Media yeah. Edition. It was, mm-hmm. it was, so you know, when people wax nostalgically about uh, XP, I'm like, <laughs> Well, there was this one thing. Oh no, fair enough, Justin. I, yeah, we don't wax that nostalgia. Trust us. It's just a <laughs> it's just a lesser evil than the evils we're dealing with now. Yeah, yeah. So, but hey, man, if you're dealing if you were dealing with Quinnipiac, uh, that's cool. Well, that was that was a, that was a contract job a long time ago. Gotcha. But uh, that it, it 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 was it was fun. Awesome. Well, yeah, right. We're in hey. I, we're only in IT for the fun of it, right? Dennis? That's right. <laughs> Great fun. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Uh, man, I wish we were at IT for the fun of it. <laughs> Holy moly. It was really just waiting for the next disaster that you know, nobody's nobody's expecting. You know, It's like, what's going to come around the corner? In the old days, just maybe a few years ago, you could predict, you could logically predict you know, issues that were going to occur. You, know, you could predict you know, what type of technologies had to be in place to protect your, your, your client systems in general. Now... We're dealing with wide open gaping holes that have been out there forever that have been exploited and, and actually been warned on and they haven't fixed it. And now we're dealing with the ramifications of just, I don't know, corporate incompetence. They're not getting the job done. And you can't predict for that. No. And, uh, you know, when you rely on products like Microsoft Exchange for many, many years. A decades long hole in that. Decades. <laughs> okay. the, the boggle, it boggles the mind. Can't make it up. Let's go to Mark on the cell phone. What's happening, Mark? Yes. What can we do for you? Oh, thanks. thanks. Yeah. Hey, I enjoy your show. You guys are great. Thank you. You're awesome. So I got, um, I'm trying to, uh, I thought I lost you there for a minute. We're here. I'm trying to find out um, how to back up my files. Okay. Uh, you know, on my computer. Yep. There's an easy way. Um, you can buy a couple of external hard drives and do a simple copy and paste so that the files are in a native format to your drive um, and then disconnect the drive and put it aside. Um, or you can pay for a 
technology that will automatically back it up, but it's going to back it up in a format that you can't read without using the restoration software of that same application, which sometimes gets people in uh, problems because they don't know how to restore the data. They know how to, they backed it up, but they're like, how do I restore this? I don't even know. Uh, it, it can actually be deceptive. The backup is easy and the restore is hard. Yeah. Is it expensive, the pay for t the piece you pay for it? Um, for the software, no. I mean, we recommend EaseUS, uh, EaseUS. Uh, that's what I've used. Um, Dennis, what do you actually, what do you recommend? I, that's, well, my Mac is backed up with Time Machine. Time Machine, yeah. But I have a couple Windows computers, and they I use EaseUS. Yeah, which is Hell a Chinese yeah. company, which means they're probably reading all our files. Right. <sighs> so so copy and paste, how do I do that? i, I got a pen. I'm going to write it down. You open up. Yes, sir. Open oh, up. I was going to say, you open up the little Manila uh, file folder at the bottom of your window. Okay. Now, over on the left side, you're going to see a couple of a few lines with different names. One of them is going to be documents. Another one will be pictures. Another one will be music. Uh, you might even have videos. Uh, what you're going to do is click and drag them to an external drive that you add to your computer. And that also will show up on the right side if you open up My Computer in Explorer. And you can just copy them over. Yeah, be careful on the drag. You don't want to move them. You want to copy yeah, want them. To copy them. A problem with that. I hate that. Uh, it happens to everybody. Fingers click on things, and then all of a sudden the directory is in a whole different drive letter um so just be careful on on the dragging but you know simple copy and paste make a direct i would tell you to make a directory on the target um, called backup and then do exactly what dennis talked about just copy it over it's a simple okay, if you, what did if, you just say what did you say before just make I a directory just go over to the um target drive now um, when you plug okay, when target, you plug it in yeah make a directory you know md backup i call it backup this is this is my method of managing files right so it's like not always the neatest way <laughs> uh tj who used to do the show with us was a his a programmer by trade and he would have a very methodical way to take care of how he filed his files um I, i'm i'm more of a slam it all in one folder type of guy <laughs> uh, so we're all we all have our our uh shortcomings but make a directory and then just simply copy and paste, like Dennis said. So we can even put a, uh, instructions out there for you, Mark, as to how to copy and paste files yes, so you sir. understand how to do that. I'm just going to ask you that. We'll do yeah, that, that for you, sir. That would be awesome. Our pleasure. I got another question. I, I got to. We got to go to a quick break. You want to hang on, Mark? Yeah, I will. Thank All right. We're going to hold, hold Mark on the line mm -hmm. here, and uh, we're going to go off to a quick break. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. And we are back. And I wanted to bring up, uh, before we go back to Mark, feel free to get online. We have three lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. But Mark was talking about backup. And before we go back to him, there is an issue that happened with Western Digital backup devices. They're called NASs and external external hard drives. And uh, do you have any information on that, Dennis? I do. Uh, it turns out that there was a vulnerability in these drives yep. that goes back many years to when they were... Well, actually, the vulnerability itself goes back to when they were manufactured, starting gotcha. back in 2011 or oh, so. Oh, my goodness. And what was happening was people would go on their networks, and they'd look for their files on their NAS drive. Right. And it's not there. All There's gone. nothing there. It's all gone because somehow they got a remote 
command to reset the drive. Right. And it just blew away the formatting and the, blew the away all configuration. The, the uh, It was as if it came right out of the factory. Right. And Western Digital, the company, confirmed that it happened. Mm-hmm. And would you believe what their solution is? Well, Unplug your drive from your network. <laughs> yes, that is one of their solutions. And the reason for that is they consider these to be too old and support. they will not support it. They will not patch the firmware in these devices. And that's the thing. I mean, this is ridiculous. You know, you buy a device just because they decide it's going to expire. Does that really get them off the hook? Is that is that really what we are expecting as consumers where they're like, you know what, we're going to go ahead and run this device and update it and then stop doing it. I guess it stopped, maybe they stopped updating it in 2018. Maybe that was the date I'm thinking of. And uh, there's vulnerabilities sitting there, and now everybody lost their data. Some of these folks didn't use it as a backup. It was a primary drive, so they lost actual real data thanks to this vulnerability that was being leveraged. And Western Digital is like, eh, you know what, we told you it was end of life. Well, when did we get that? I mean, at least with a car... If you get a recall, you get it in the mail, no matter how old the car is. I mean, my kids had some pretty old junkers, and I mean, we got stacks of recall letters for on a Subaru. And, uh, you know, at least they keep telling you based on the VIN number. It's not like Western Digital sends you a letter saying, hey, by the way, it's end of life. And would you stop using it? I mean, would you assume? Would you assume that you have a wide open hole that's going to actually format the drive as a thing? I, I couldn't imagine that. Can't believe that's a thing. That's, that is yet another one of these things that we we work in this industry and we can, literally cannot think this stuff up before it happens. Right. And then we find out about it after the fact. It's, it's a yeah. feature. It's a feature, Joey, right. <laughs> You're right. It's a fe- it's a feature. But to that point, who's registered their make, external hard drives? You make a good point. With the manufacturer. You make a good point, but how would they they need to do something to alert everybody yeah. that this is no longer supported, which means anything from it not being able to power up to all your data being lost could happen at any moment, at any time. Hi, we're Western Digital. Buy some more. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that works right in the marketing. you know. And I think they need to stand behind their stuff uh, a little better than that than say, hey, it's at end of life. What do you want from us? Yeah. Are you going to run out and buy another WD device? No. <laughs> I have one, and I won't buy another now. Me too. Me too. Uh, we have the next levels. Oh, by the way, that actually has some issues too. Oh. Mr. Krebs has an article on that. We'll post that as well. Yeah. So let's get back to Mark, who had a second question. Feel free to get online, guys. 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. We have three lines open for you. What's going on, Mark? What was your second hey, question? Hey, man. I was, I was worried. I... No, you're still there. What, what... So uh, th- I thought you went out to space with uh, Leon Musk there. No, you? no. <laughs> you couldn't pay me to <laughs> do that. there. I, I, it sounded like you were that far. The other guy, the Englishman there. All right. What's up? What was your second question? So uh, the thing is, so I, I had to get a new phone. You know, everyone has a smartphone. So my yeah. smartphone broke. I got another one. Yeah. So the new smartphone. The new smartphone. Changing, changing. I'm sorry. You broke up. You said that I heard her, the new smart and then you went away. What is it going on? Ah. phone that I got, right? The new smartphone that I got. Yeah. Get- if you're using it right now, it's not working real well, Mark. It's breaking <laughs> up all over the place. Yeah, you're breaking up, Mark. I think we're going to have to let Mark go. His phone, is, his new smartphone's not working. Maybe can't that was his him. call. I uh, can't even hear him. 
Uh, feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, uh, questions, and concerns. Do you have any other news articles you want to bring up? I do. Uh, it turns out that there is another big data breach, mm-hmm. and it's due to a vendor. This time, Morgan Stanley reported a data breach after attackers stole personal information belonging to its customers by hacking into the Excelion FTA server of a third-party vendor. Oh, boy. So that somebody- so you have another breach that happens because you've got a contractor or vendor that you work with. Mm-hmm. And somebody gets a hold of one of their computers or their networks. Or their AWS, you know. And whatever instance. And then they can use that to reach into yet another company. Right. And it turns out that the the gang that was behind this attack is called Klop. 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 Now, they are out of Ukraine. Okay. Back in June... A whole bunch of those guys were arrested. Oh. But it appears that they're still active. Well, they probably have the same rules that they have here in Connecticut. They were probably they released may, in five seconds. Even, <laughs> they may even have affiliates that are now not even associated with them anymore, and they're just going off and doing their own stuff. Wow. Yep. It's getting crazy out there, guys. you gotta keep. You got to do everything you can to protect yourself. And, of course, there's not a whole lot you can do. Because you're relying on other people's servers who are relying on other people's servers who are relying on other people's servers in the cloud. (laughs) Remember, there is no cloud. It's just someone else's computer. Exactly. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock, guys. So get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Everything we've talked about so far has been posted by Mike G. live over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. And we are broadcasting live over at WTIC's Facebook page. You can check out Dennis and I's mugs right there and post any questions you have as well. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.